Welcome to the Cook Collective Podcast. I'm Brandon, and here along with my cousin Adam, we're here to speak about our life experiences and growth through plant medicines, meditation, exercise, diet, and how it all plays a vital role in our relationships and everyday lives. This is part two of 2021 and our recap of 2020. Uh, we get pretty deep here, deeper than I thought we were going to get. Uh, we talk about the current state of, uh, you know, the, the state capital just got uh, raided yesterday by a bunch of fucking who, who knows what they were. I think they were, they were animals. One, I think, I think an actual man bear pig. I think an actual uh, wolf man <laughs> went into the capital. <laughs> so uh, there's that. And then we talk about the uh, how they're supposed to be introducing us to aliens soon, which we think is really chill. I'm stoked chill. about this. Uh, so I kind of give my theory about that. And uh, we uh, go into a little bit deep about, uh, you know, systemic racism and uh, how uncool that is. So, you know, we, uh, we thank you guys for tuning in uh, to every episode as you've done, and uh, we look forward to doing this more for you. We just ask that you please leave us a review uh, on Apple, uh, pass it on to your friends, leave us a rating on Apple. The ratings are super easy. They're real quick. You could take you like 15 seconds, less than 10 seconds. The review will take you five minutes. If you start to think of things of how long it will actually take you to do it instead of thinking about not doing it, it's actually a lot quicker just to do things because you're like, shit, that was quick. So it's also really quick just to copy and paste it and text it to like three or four of your friends. We're not, we're, we're not going to charge for this podcast. Not really, uh, you know, this, this is all for the, for the people. So please pass it on and uh, help us out. We appreciate all the help that you've given us to this point and, uh, yeah, we look forward to doing more of these, and we hope you enjoy the. Uh, I hope you enjoy the alien talk. Really <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I like your theory it. about it. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, I'm digging it. I mean, I saw it on DMT. Yeah, so the, yeah. I mean, it must be real. I think you should go to the government and be like, "Listen, I had this vision while I was on DMT. Aliens are coming." They're be like, "All right, thank you. All right, let's, yeah." This is it. This is it. This, this is, is truth. This is the guy. Yeah, this I, is no, the guy. <laughs> I, I think what I should do is I should just go smoke a bunch more DMT. Yeah. And then just see what the next step is. Can you just pick up the phone and be like, hello, get me the White House. I have information about aliens. Yeah, I, ju I just smoked a shit ton more DMT. <laughs> like a shit, like a shit. How, how much DMT, sir? Um, a shit ton. A, li a literal shit, a literal shit ton, a yes. A ton, and I was there. And these fuckers said they're bringing, I'm not going to tell you, you got to listen to the podcast. So anyway, <laughs> enjoy you guys. We'll see you soon. Both took pisses. Talked about some good shit. That first half was good. Yeah. It's really good. Really good. Really good. I mean, I might year, go back us, and listen you know? to that, actually, because I don't really listen to him. Need to listen to what I say and follow my own advice. Yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> it. I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm so much better at giving advice than I am at taking oh, it. for sure. Yeah, it's kind of like, I think that's a lot of people, though. <laughs> yeah. 
like, like, like most fathers of the world. <laughs> Don't drink, you fucking little bastard. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah. Don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm making it look glamorous, but don't you do it. A lot of, a lot of the young dudes and girls out there are not going to remember these old commercials back in the, like, the Reagan era. It was the, the, the war against drugs. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a commercial. I don't, you, you're probably too, too young, but there was a commercial where the, where the, the like, kid, the, like, dad came in and, and, and found the kids, like, co- cocaine paraphernalia as you do when you're you know, in, the, in the kid's, bed, the kids bedroom like yeah it's total like 80s dad <laughs> with like the big glasses and the like the like <laughs> shitty brown suit right he's like where did you where did you learn mu- mustache where where did you learn this where did you where'd you get this he's like i learned it from watching you dad <laughs> the dad just like and that was like an after after school like fucking cart. It was like on between cart like GI Joe and shit. Damn, I'm like wondering now like the the dysfunctional family dynamics of like a Wall Street broker. There's like kids are watching their dad just blow all these lines when he gets home at night. Or just like, making what? money. It's like <laughs> fuck, dad. Dad's making a lot of money and he's doing a lot of cocaine. This must be how you make money. That's the deal. <laughs> yeah, you do cocaine, you make money, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Dad's just watching Scarface on repeat. <laughs> Greed is good. Yeah. Um, oh, the Reagan era. Oh man, the war on drugs. I I think they lost. Thirty years later, I think it's officially. When, is it over? I don't when, fucking know. Uh, Oregon legalized or decriminalized all narcotics or whatever, and then it was like that. The news announcer from the from the Muppet Show, and he was like, I'd "Like to take this moment to congratulate drugs for winning the war on drugs." <laughs> Fuck yeah, drugs. <laughs> drugs wins again. Give <laughs> okay, drugs a trophy. <laughs> drugs got a plaque on it's the like wall. I like to thank all the people who've believed in me over the years, <laughs> supported like, yeah. me. <laughs> I like to thank all the people that snuck me around forever <laughs> in school. In me, in their backpacks, <laughs> underneath their cars. I'm sorry about the relationships that I destroyed, <laughs> but hey, I'm still here. Uh, I, I persevered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I told you there's two schedules of drugs. Yeah, I love it. I've, I've, I've shared this with people. There's, I like this there's theory. There's two schedules of drugs. There's schedule one drugs are the dangerous ones. Those are the drugs that when you do them, you want to do more. Okay? That's the worst kind of drugs. <laughs> then there's the schedule two drugs, which are okay, because those are the kind of drugs that tell you to stop doing drugs. Yeah. <laughs> when you do a lot of schedule two drugs, they tell you to stop. So, you know, like, uh, like, like if you eat a fucking full weed brownie with a mystery amount of THC in it, you're fucking like want to quit every, yeah. like everything that you do except health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like everything that's unhealthy for me, I quit today. <laughs> I'm stopping it all. Asleep for three, three days. No, I was loaded. Yeah. You, you, have, you have drugs that make you want to do more drugs and drugs that make you not want to do more drugs. Yes. And that's what it comes down to that's what it comes down to that's it do the drugs that make you not want to do more drugs exactly stay in the schedule two lane kids for sure like someday i'm gonna catch my kid doing drugs and it's he's gonna know there's schedule one there's schedule two don't fuck with schedule one if you're like it'll get you old school dad and you catch you know sebi one day smoking weed and you're like i'm gonna sit here and watch you smoke this whole ounce (laughs) (laughs) smoke it with him Look it, look it. This is, like, this this is like how that. you hit a pipe, kid. This is how you roll a joint. Mm. <laughs> Man, so 
Uh, so fuck, man. Our capital got smashed yesterday. <laughs> you know, there, there was a moment of when, you know, uh, I was in a meeting and I'm like, getting these news updates. You know, Trump supporters stormed the Capitol. I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, wait, I'm not surprised at, at all. Yeah, how could you be surprised? It's like, it, it, this is kind of like the show keeps progressing. You're like, yeah, I, you, you can see the writer writing this part in. They're like, ah, this is what comes next. Oh, dude, I, it's, you know what? So, so in the seriousness part of it, hey, hold those motherfuckers accountable. Yeah. They work for us. We pay their fucking checks. Oh, you're talking about the politicians. The, the politicians. The politicians. Okay. All of them, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. We pay their fucking checks. That building is technically ours. Mm-hmm. We should be able to go in there as we fucking please. You know, I'm not saying it's the the the, the, the violence part is just fucked. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they 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 killed a woman. But you know, the fact that now maybe these politicians are a little scared. They're a little on their heels, like. Oh wait a minute! I'm not untouchable. Like holy shit! Like there's people can come and get me. Like you were talking about France and in France, they're they're scared of the yeah, pol- other countries. Are scared people like because you always hear about it. If like in France is this one, yeah, I'm sure other countries as well. I hear about a lot in France of like you know basically the people will like get so pissed off about a policy that they'll take action. That so the government has like this like well I don't want to piss people off too yes, much. Yes, you don't want to piss here, people off. We're scared of our government. I'm not. And again, this, I feel like this is also kind of dangerous territory because I'm not like condoning that what was done no. is good. Um, you know, for me, there I, I'm on a weird fence because there's like a part of me where it's just like I'm not a big fan of the government. So I'm like the fact that people broke into the Capitol, I think is kind of cool. The way it was done, I obviously don't think was cool and would not want to condone. And over or for myself personally, like why it was done. But there is like a thing of like, there's a huge shift happening and there's inequalities in our country that are very apparent right now. And, you know, it's why when you see things like this happen, you're like, this, this year in particular, or last year in particular, you can see how it led to this. And it's sad when you look at it, but you're going, here's a country... 250, where are we at now of years as a country? Not that far along. Anyway, yeah, the not that far. Roman Empire was a thousand years. Yeah, and you see where the foundations of it are starting to crumble due to exploitation. Over due to shitheads. Due to people exploiting the good parts of our country and due to people not ever fixing the weak parts of our country. It all comes back down to greed. Greed and power. And the more that these politicians feel that they're untouchable, the more they're going to try to get away with. It's like human nature following power. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the more like these, like California is a great example. Everything's shut down. People are losing their fucking lives. Mm-hmm. People may have saved up for 10 years to get their gym started or their business started, and now they're just fucked. And <clears throat> so now you have all these people that have no work. There's... I read the other day, California is a 30, 30% of the people in California are a, uh, uh, work in the service industry. Yeah. Well, I know here in LA, that's like, imagine that number is much higher. So then you, you're waiting for this stimulus bill for months and months. You hear about the first bullshit one that has all kinds of shit in it that just doesn't make fucking sense. And then one comes out and they're like, oh, we're going to, we're going to give everybody $600. And we're going to give uh, these countries billions of dollars. But don't, don't worry about that. That's none of your business. It's like, wait, fuck you. 
Fuck you. I have fucking my family. I have my kids at home. You know, my my fam- I, I can't feed my fucking family. I can't even buy them clothes. You're gonna give me six hundred dollars? Well, my friend and I were joking of like. The last time that many of those politicians probably actually needed money, $600 was probably a lot of money. Yeah. And that's how out of touch. Nancy Pelosi, like 100 years ago. Well, many you, you, could, you could buy a Model T Ford in 1918. <laughs> you know, I think that's where the sadness for me comes is like the fact, I mean, people stormed it for whatever reasons they had personally, but it seemed like the overall thing was over the election, which I mean, people have their own opinions about. And so I, I personally think that it was like, Storming it for that reason was kind of, is like, I, I, I don't agree with. Now, if it, it would have been awesome to see, obviously, is like if people would come together to say, like, hey, both sides of this are fucked. $600 to help Americans through this? What the hell are you thinking? We've had enough. Yeah. And it's a, it's a joint thing. It isn't, it's a bipartisan thing. It's a bipartisan issue. thing. It isn't keep Trump in there longer, even though no. the numbers say he lost. Like, dude, who the fuck cares? It's a fucking reality show. It, it, and, that is what it is it's it's the problem with what happened there is people aren't going to trust the voting system anymore and it's like fuck that's like are we going to really have a, a real vote you know because there was a lot of sh- shadiness there wasn't enough evidence or whatever when they say there was zero it's the those those people that are saying that just aren't looking at the other side i look at both sides and i saw a lot of shady, shady it shit felt like there is every election but there is every election and that's what happened with with bush bush and gore. gore yeah bush's brother jeb was the fucking governor of florida yeah, he won in the recount weird you know so the, this shit's been going on forever forever yeah and the thing i didn't like about yesterday is these motherfuckers carrying confederate flags and these racist neo-nazi flags like fuck "Fuck you dude like get out of here like those the the, it's it's very trashy yeah very trashy and and you know there could have been more you know i don't i don't know i didn't hear trump's speech i don't really know exactly what was said but i heard it what wasn't good and they're calling for all kinds of more shit but hey, good news is for you know th- that there's only a couple of weeks left for all the people that think that the world's going to change once he's once he's gone. You know, I still see a lot more of the same problems that we had. You know, well, yeah, it's it's having putting so much faith in in our government to make our lives better or worse. Obviously, there's many aspects of our lives. And me and you are very fortunate to where I think, you know, it's like we're in a position where the government isn't, the the administration isn't going to make that big of an impact in our lives. For a lot of other people, that isn't the case. But in the, the day, it's like, they're not going to make your life better or worse. Obviously, it was like, I think our respect in the world, unfortunately, went down a lot these past couple of years over just everything mm-hmm. that that has happened but hopefully just like in the unity that could hopefully come from this of like coming together to realize like, you know what, we've, we've had enough yeah. of this whole charade, this whole show. Yeah. And that's why it's like something like what that was yesterday or, you know, when the storm, the Capitol thing, he's like, well, you can see this coming. Well, the same thing happened when Brett Kavanaugh got elected into the, or got placed into the Supreme court uh, same B- BLM was trying to burn down, uh, like or whatever rioters were were burning down DC and trying to get get to the White White House. I mean, this is not the first time. This it 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 happens in different cir- circumstances, and as it should, 
as it should of every time because it happened for a reason. It happened because people are getting fucked over in some sort of way. They believe they are, whatever that is, because one's person's belief is another person's, you know, whatever. Well, you know, it's dis- disbelief. The, but, the fact that there's people who feel like their voices aren't being heard. And, you know, yes. I think that's why Trump was elected in the first place, was there's a whole group of Americans that felt forgotten and felt that this was their way to get their voice heard. Mm-hmm. You know, that for them, it was like for, for many having somebody like, you know, Kamala Harris come in, they feel like their voices can be heard because there's was like a, a group of Americans that haven't been represented in in politics. Then there's, on the other hand, you had a group of Americans that felt that they could be represented through Trump, feeling like their voices aren't being heard. Anger comes up. Instead of causing unity in, the, in our country, the worst part is it's like and the the election numbers whether like what happened or not, it's like either way, who are you going to trust? And the scariest thing is there's no truth. I mean, truth is relative anyway, right? But there's no form of like, no one's going to believe anything anymore. Well, that, that's where, and this is where I find this whole turn of the tide fascinating. Because if you look at where social media is going right now, it's everything is going IRL in, in real life. And everybody, everything is going live. Twitch, Instagram live, uh, Clubhouse, all, all these things are like live. Like we're going to do this live. I'm not going to save this video on there. Like I want to do live shit where people have to be there to watch it. And if you, you missed it, you missed it. And that's the where everything's going. And I think as we go forward, we're looking at politicians like Donald Trump. We're looking at politicians like a- a- AOC and uh, people like Bernie and some of these like Instagram influencers that are getting these huge followings that are going into politics. They are... They are, sh- they're showing their real life, most of them. Like, you know, whether you like AOC or you like Trump or you dislike him or you hate him, whatever, I feel that both of them are pretty much being their real self. Like, probably 90, 95% more than the like old school career politicians that are like, fake smile is that a funny thing to think about with trump is like there is an authenticity to him because there's a that that's just who he is he's a (laughs) fucked up motherfucker man that's who he is but and that's why people gravitate towards him and that's where this whole next decade is just all about live it's all about being vulnerable it's all about who who's being real and who's not and it's so easy to sniff out that pe- people are starting to figure out what to do with their fucking life, especially in politics, because they're like, wait, I can't fake it anymore. The internet has just completely decimated all the fake bullshit. It tore all your walls down. Mm-mm. You know, and now it's like if you're not living to your, you know, the way you should be, and especially if you're in the pub- public eye, you're gonna get destroyed. Yeah. You're gonna have more of what happened. Yesterday, and you have these fuckheads making laws and handing out money to all kinds of countries and slipping in all these weird laws. That thing was 5,000 pages. They gave it to him at 2 o'clock and wanted him to sign it by 5. Just packed with shit. All mm-hmm. kinds of laws that we have no clue of. And it's like, what? wait, what? Why? You guys had months for this. Why can't we just pass one that gives people money, take care of our citizens. And I think that's a big, big reason people are, are, are pissed. I think the fucking, the, the, the ra- racial pro- protests also, I think that had something to, to do with it. People are stuck inside. People are losing 
there's shit. This isn't fair. This isn't fair. Well, this one's really not fair. I'm gonna go fucking pro- protest. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like the 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 rain barrel o- overflowing of just bullshit. And you know, man, it's it's sketchy because you got fucking you have our enemies in the rest of the world licking their chops like we're like they're wolves looking at a chicken coop. Yeah. You know, yeah. and who knows what's gonna fucking happen. I don't think twenty twenty one's gonna be better. No, <laughs> I I, I, I was I was kind of cracking up over the concept of all those memes you see, like, well, you know, at least twenty twenty is almost over. It's like like a number is gonna change anything. Like twenty twenty one comes in and then everything's good, and then it was the indicator. five days later, whatever it is, six days later, and it's like that happens. You're like, well, there's your, you know. But I, like, but I think shit's gonna really start to th- thrive by twenty three twenty four. It's going to really start well, I to think, like thrive. Yeah, you know, so many people say it in so many different ways, but I think we are in the, the midst of this huge shift. And in order for that to happen, you know, that's why I, I, I look at like a, a figure in legend like Shiva where it's you've got to destroy things before they can rebuild. And yeah. I'm not talking like that you actually have to physically like destroy it. Sometimes they are. Sometimes that's the Things case. Things got physically destroyed this year. Yeah. <laughs> last year. Yeah. And, you know, and in order to rebuild properly, yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, that's why even controlled burns, you know, you have to burn down forests sometimes to it, allow forests to thrive. I was, yeah. I was hiking through Big Sur over um, New Year's and went to this hike that my girlfriend loves. And she was, you know, it, it, it got hit really hard by the, by the fires. And she was just, really devastated by seeing all that. You know, and I was very sad for her reaction because this is a space that's so special to her and I hadn't been on this hike. So I was just witnessing all the dead trees that were giving life to all these new little sprouts or uh, seedlings coming up, you know, and it was like seeing and thinking of how, you know, this charcoal was going into the earth and providing all these nutrients. And it's just like, I grew up in Forest Falls where the floods would come through every other year and the fires would happen. And then it was like the next spring, was just like thriving from it. And you learn so much from nature. I feel like any lesson we need to learn, you can find out through cycles of nature. Mm -hmm. And that's one of them. And you also find out through history of what happens when you try to fight nature. That's why Rome collapsed. All All these great civilizations eventually came to an end and it usually had something to do with the thought process and mentality, consciousness of the civilization itself and the leaders that were controlling it, unfortunately. Well, we're supposedly, we're the, we're the most advanced civilization that's ever been. And I heard a, uh, <clears throat> a uh, theory that came out of the UK or something. Someone there was talking about how the aliens are waiting for us to be, to understand technology enough to the point where they're going to introduce them, themselves. Right, because they can't communicate. Because they right now. <laughs> but maybe they can communicate through a new tech technology that that we have just started. Maybe it's blockchain technology. Maybe Siri doesn't do it. Siri um, can translate. No, I think t- TikTok. <laughs> t- t- they're going to communicate through TikTok. <laughs> they're going to do booty shaking videos, <clears throat> dancing in front of hospitals and shit. It's just like you guys don't know how to twerk. This is how we twerk in the Nebula Five region of the universe. Yeah. So that path so i've got a theory on the aliens all right yeah so so we've touched on politics now let's get into to aliens well the aliens have everything <laughs> to do with politics okay because i hit my dmt pin one night to like i hit it like 12 times just seeing how deep i could go right and i went to this 
it was like I was inside of a sphere, like like how you could imagine the inside of a of an egg, right? Hmm. And it's completely white and just very soft white. And I'm walking with this alien. I'm following him, and he's very tall, probably <clears throat> a couple feet taller than, than me, maybe a foot and a half. And he's like look, looking back at me, long skinny arms, and he looked like. You've seen Star Wars Attack of the Clones, those big, those like tall guys mm. that, are what, that kind of make all, all the clones anyway. So I'm following him and, and we're walking past these pools. And there's like, we walked past like probably four or five pools. And inside of the pools, there were uh, current events happening inside of each pool. And mm. they were showing me and they were pointing at them. And they were looking back and they were like pointing. And I'm just like following him, like fuck. And I saw them, like it, at that time, there was something going. Like Hillary Clinton was in one of them. There was an, a, another one had like the the Middle East, some Middle East con conflict. Another one had like <clears throat> uh, junk jungle, like uh, rain, rain rainforest. And I don't remember what the la last one had. I came. It was so profound and so real. I came out of it and I woke up, cat. I'm like, cat, wake up. Wake up. It's like it's like one in the morning, right? Wake up. I'm like, I was just on fucking walking with aliens. It's like, oh my god, really? I'm like, yeah, no, really. Like, I really was. It was fucking crazy. It was, and, and I told her the whole story. So, I think what's gonna happen, okay? I think we're about to be get fucked. And I'm not, I'm not living my life thinking like, oh, this is what's gonna happen or whatever. Yeah. But I think that they're gonna come back. They're gonna come down here. They're gonna make contact, and they are going to bring peace to the planet. Because they're going to make it known that somehow they helped create us, somehow, or somehow they helped us evolve mm -hmm. and get to the point where we're at and they see us starting to fucking... Deteriorate. Deteriorate. And, and they see us destroying the planet. They see us just completely going off the rails. They're going to come back they're going to put us straight. They're going to like, basically, they're going to be kind of like a peaceful overlord. They're not going to allow people to get away with too much greed. They're not going to allow people to, to, uh, to destroy other people. Hmm. And then we'll start drawing big symbols of them to represent them. And then thousands of years later, people will find the carvings and be like, ancient aliens, yeah. 40, 45, <clears throat> will be like, I think the ancient Americans had a <laughs> alien leader. That's going to that's gonna be the only thing left, right, is, yeah. is the wall scribings. I mean, once and, every, everything's gone, yeah. they, they say that if, we, if, if humans were just gone from the earth like that, mm -hmm. something like it would only take like three to 500 years for everything to be okay. gone. Like the concrete would dissolve, oh, yeah. cars would rust and go into the ground. You would have a few big, a couple of volcanoes and Beautiful everything would, 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 would be covered and it would just be lush earth mm -hmm. again. So within 2,000 years, if we all disappeared, the earth would just be fucking back to dinosaurs or something. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's my theory. I love it. I love it. And it's coming. Uh, you know, it could it's, be coming. It's one of those two where... <laughs> Yeah, you could see like if something like that happened, just the presence of that would make everyone just stop and be like, "Oh shit!" Well, but I feel like I, I've gotten to this point now with so much time, and I'll just be like, eh, "Yeah, 
down. <laughs> like, see this happen. Could see this. Could no, see this as a, a result of the past couple of years. Not even worried about it. It's like how you and I were talking before the podcast. Why are psychedelics having such a renaissance right now? And people are finding more powerful psychedelics. Like yeah. Bufo hasn't been known about that long. And in, in, well, my, in my opinion, that's the most powerful psychedelic I've ever done. Well, to, that we know about that it hasn't that we know known, about. been known for that long. There, there, yeah. there could be shit, there could be things in the ocean that can make you see a whole completely different fucking Yeah. Thing. You have yeah. no clue. Well, that's what we were talking a bit before of like, um, you know, I had a really beautiful LSD experience on New Year's Day. And that night, you know, it was one of the most creative flows I've gotten into. And I was playing my this instrument I love playing called the Irish bazooki because um, when I pick it up, I feel like I, I don't think of it as like an instrument where I'm like, oh, I'm going to figure out a part and learn it and then like turn it into a song or something. I just play whatever. And I feel like whatever comes out is actually how like a really good representation of what I'm feeling. So it was just like, I couldn't play a wrong note. Like everything I was playing was just like wonderful to me. So cool. And I was having this revelation because I, I, I think I get really strict with psychedelics sometimes. And I, it's because I love them and I like want to respect them. And I, I found myself too of like getting kind of like strict or whatever you want to call it with, with ayahuasca of the like, you know, the people will call certain ceremonies if it's like an inter altar, I think they call it, where it's just like n- not necessarily learned from one lineage, but taking a bunch of different practices into the ceremony as opposed to like sitting with a Shipibo in a Shipibo ceremony, which yeah. is like thousand, you know, passed on for generations and generations. And I think I get strict with it where I'm like, oh, I'd rather sit in like a, you know, direct lineage. And I was thinking of the beauty of it. Like, why is it, you know, in the 80s, you know, the McKenna's kind of started writing a bit about ayahuasca and it was starting to get known a little bit, but not till recently that it was popular. In the 90s, people started going down and start hearing about it more, but like as a, on a world platform to like the West, knowing about till recently. And I really feel like these plants have a spirit to them and it needs, and they're being, letting themselves be known now more than ever before in our recorded history, at least as a Western culture, quote unquote, Western culture that we know now, because it's meant to bring everyone together. And my, this like thought that I had was like, I, I've been really curious and wanting to dive more into my Celtic lineage, like pre-Christian Celtic lineage, which is hard to find anything about because it was all, it was all destroyed and like wanting to know, know more about the Druid practices and like, what were they doing in ceremonies? And it's like, no one really knows because there isn't that all the, all that was destroyed yeah. when, you know, the, the Christians came and I thought of like how beautiful that can bring all these cultures together and like uh, something that I really want to like strive and work on is to become so proficient at this instrument in, in a way that's different than I've become proficient at other instruments where it's like I get really technically good so I can record songs, but I like want to be where I can just fully speak a language through it. Like whatever I'm thinking, whatever I'm feeling can be expressed directly through that instrument without me trying to think about how it's going to be done to a sense where it's like, I would love to be able to bring that to an offering to ceremonies and bring like a, my Celtic lineage to ceremonies and offer that of like, here's the Celtic lineage. I, I want to like honor by being here, you know, cause you hear so many beautiful songs from South America, from, you know, native indigenous tribes of America, from, you know, Kirtan of India. It's like, I want to like help, bring back some of the, the Celtic influence into like these more earth-based ceremonies that are honoring, you know, the spirits and the sky or whatever, however you want to say it. And I think it's just, 
it's so cool to think about something that would unify multiple cultures because I think something that we have a hard time here in America is what's like one of the biggest goals of everybody is to like own their own land, to own their own home. But we're on land that isn't ours. We don't know that feeling of like a homeland, like a land that you fought, cried, and prayed over and it's been in your family for multiple generations, like the indigenous peoples of America were, like the ancient Celts were in Ireland and Wales, like land that's been there for in your family for that long. And I think there's this part of Americans that's always longing for that and always curious about our roots. That's why things like 23andMe has become popular. And I was like, man, how beautiful to have something that could tie people back to their lineage to better understand where they came from. Like, why do you act the way you do? Why are you drawn to certain things? Because I know for me, the first time I went to Ireland, I broke down in tears when I got off the plane. It just felt like this this homecoming. Even though I had never been there before, my family's pretty far removed. It just felt like, oh, this is like I've been here before. This is home. And to like feel that over a land and how powerful that is. And so I was just thinking of that, of like how beautiful to have these medicines start to become more prevalent in a way that brings people from around the world, all these different lineages together to honor each other and honor their ancestors and lineage at the same time. I've, I've been in ceremony quite a few times on ayahuasca and have seen myself like sitting around a fire, getting ready to go into battle the, the next day. Hmm. There was one night where I had like this feeling of my family was behind me and I was fighting off this like some 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 sort of big cat. Um, I had another feeling once of where I was, I had this one where I was like walking with wolves and it was very, I, I think that was something different though, but but I've actually been put in the, in actual scenarios that I've felt like I've been in before. It felt like, whoa, mm. this is, this is, this is, a heavy feeling. This is where this is where I'm from. This is where yeah. So I kind of understand what you mean. Yeah, it, I've had a couple bufo experiences where you know just in that other realm you go to had like druid ancestors there. And just one of those things where it's just like you've never seen them before, but you know you're related and speaking in a language I didn't understand but knew mm-hmm. what they were talking about and helped me like. There was this, this like image of a lion always comes up, and it was like to help me purge out like this darkness that was inside of me, and like they were there to like help me and kind of like whip me into shape, kind of thing. And it was like these druid ancestors, and it's come up a few times during Bufo, where I think, you know, it, that's something that I've seen as a common thread for many people during heavy psychedelic experiences is getting more in touch with their ancestors, their lineage, and wanting to know more about it someone was sharing with me a story of they were on a ceremony, some sort of gathering. And there was this guy from New York, like red hair, white guy saying like, you know, and he was, they were like, wow, you're really good at telling stories. He was a good storyteller. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I feel like I was, you know, native American in one of my other lives. Cause you know, they're, you always hear what good storytellers they were. And this lady was like, what's your last name? And it was like O'Malley or something. She's like, no, like you're Irish. You know, like the Irish are like one are known for being great storytellers. Like you should look more into your lineage and understand where you came from. So, so I, I did a 23 and me test <laughs> and, uh, it showed, I, I have a good, good amount of Na- native American in me, which was very cool. But I, so I have over 50, 55 to 60% 
more than the average person. So it, it, it was weird how it explained it. So I have 55 to 60% more Neanderthal in me than the average person. Mm, explains your love for clubbing people and <laughs> throwing them over your just shoulder. Just wanting meat, meat and drinking, meat. fucking, just like, <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> Come here, baby. You know, it's like, no wonder why I've been such a your fucking- caves. No wonder why I've been such an animal half my life. Fuck. Just right? Just like, it, yeah, like I'm seriously always kind of just love just like being- Dirty and getting my feet dirty and going <laughs> yeah, out in the yeah, hills like, yeah. and like just doing weird shit. Like I don't, never had a problem with it. And then like fighting, I fought so much when I was young, younger. You know, I grew up with a bad stuttering problem, so if someone would just stutter with me. I'd use it as an excuse to, to beat beat them up. Yeah, you know, it got to well, I, at, at like school they would bring bring us into the office after the kid would be all bloody and dirty, and they'd be like, "He's making fun of my stuttering." <laughs> <laughs> you just like looked at you weird. <laughs> yeah, <it's> okay. <laughs> Like look look at him like don't fuck around yeah oh god but yeah no the the Neanderthal part ex- explains a lot because I I've never I've always never been like that soft of a person mm-hmm. I don't think kind of just very extreme and just you know but then there's also the I think that the native part of me and stuff has always kept me very seeking something spiritual mm. and seeking something that's like deeper has a deeper meaning and a different level of thought and a different you know frequency to to live on i feel like i've always kind of had a different frequency i used to always kind of get these like weird spell moments when i was young younger where i felt like i was like lifting like i would just sit there and it'd be kind of be kind of just like my ears would kind of tone tone out and i would feel like i was in this like weird space Mm could have been i was just having like a mini seizure or something who knows but yeah, or you Felt know, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> was but it was like, like maybe, this. maybe that seizure itself was that experience. Could know? have been, yeah. So I think the aliens are coming to save us, dude. Yeah, they're bringing us peace. Ali- gonna, aliens, think for about president it. Twenty twenty three. Think about it. Some fucking aliens sh- show up. They got this technology we can't fuck with. No fighter jet can do anything to an alien spaceship. Mm-hmm. They're already in the ocean. They've they've had multiple sightings. Of alien, they just had one in, um, um, I think Maui. There's they they had a sighting of a blue UFO that went into the ocean. There was the guy that uh, Rogan had had on that was a oh, yeah. the the guy that was a fighter pilot yeah. that watched a, a round disc like a circle come out of the ocean off the coast of Ensenada. Yeah, it's just right here. Yeah, like think about it. We don't know what's going on in the ocean, and they know it. They know that they can chill. Out on the ocean, and there's nothing we can do. They, they, we, they know we don't have the technology to fuck with them at all. Mm-hmm. So imagine, and and they also just saw something else. It was this big, long, uh, tub- tubular-shaped kind of thing. It look, look, that couldn't have been a as- asteroid. They say, but think about it. They show up, and they just say, "Hey, we're going to govern you. Anything that you have, nuclear, whatever, is not going to phase us. You're just going to fuck yourselves up." Mm-hmm. So chill and now we see the people because they are going to be able to see whatever like who the worst people are where the biggest problems are coming from maybe they're the problem solvers Hmm. love it i'm 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 game i'm kind of game for anything honestly at this point it's just like i mean if that happens what are you going to do anyway right so you're like and then this is what's happening something else maybe you know a little little bit about this but i want to go look up what happened after rome 
So oh, like that. when when Rome collapsed. Hmm. So like if if we collapsed as a country, let's say, yeah. right? Let's just say the whole thing fell apart like Rome. Does that mean that we turn into different little countries? Is California their own country? Texas, you have like the hmm. the, the Northwest, they're all they turn into like the the fucking I, Ireland where they just drink beer and grow beards and shit. <laughs> you know, down here yeah. we we turn into like France. Texas Man, Texas. that's an interesting thought because that's a, that's a part of history I honestly don't know of like what happened between that time of like the fall when they talk about the fall of Rome because obviously that didn't happen overnight and like either. Who were the ones, or were there already countries that I think there was kind of already countries that people took, or maybe yeah, I don't. I mean, it's I interesting know. to think. I don't, of I don't like, know the history that well. Thinking of like what I just said of like, man, as Americans, like we don't have a tie to land, but so when, how long is that time where then you do? So say it's like. 600 years from now and like we're multi 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 generation southern california and you feel this tie to southern california and the united states falls and california becomes its own country or what or the southwest becomes its own country and then it's like we become our own people like oh they're california i guess we already are californians Californians. but um you know it's an interesting thought because i mean that's much of the world right is travelers i mean that's in the um and the Hopi creation story of like, you know, they came out of the center place and they went out into the world to travel until they found that center place again. And it was people moving and finding somewhere they could settle. Yeah. That's all of us really, right? We're always trying to find the center place. We're always moving. And, you know, I, even now I'm feeling like, dang, I, I want to get out of Southern California. I, I feel like the resources are depleted here. Whatever the reason is for, you know, back in the day is they couldn't grow crops anymore. So you need to move. Everyone's always moving around. That's how new people started, right? The Ireland that... We know now that's much different than the Ire- the peoples of Ireland from a thousand years ago. You know, this is they evolve over time as people melt together and ble- you know from different places and create a whole new uh, ethnicity. What if the aliens just came and took away alcohol? <laughs> We've watched you destroy yourself with this for far too long. They took away alcohol and they're just like, well, now what? What would people do? Imagine if there was no alcohol, what people would fucking do. I mean, what would you? I mean, how do you get through a baseball game? Think, <laughs> <laughs> how do you get through a pandemic? Right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's who who fucking knows? Maybe they come and they go. We're gonna take away everything that's harming you. We're gonna leave the stuff that's good for you. Sorry, we're your new we're your new overlords. We're peaceful. We're not going to hurt anybody. I feel like in fact, we're going to make you hard problem with that. In fact, we're going to make you healthier. We're going to take away pesticides out of your food. We're going to take away, you know, all the bullshit, alcohol, fucking huffing paint. You're not allowed to do that anymore. I feel like this is, Americans would have a real hard time with that, and Amer- Americans would band together and storm the that alien start a capital. They'd storm the alien capital. If you took away their alcohol, you would or start things a war. like all of a sudden people are like, "I like my pesticides. You can't take that right. away from me." <laughs> Give me my food coloring, fuckers. <laughs> but you can't, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That, that's my theory. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be peaceful. I do. Yeah. yeah. Not like Independence Day. Will Smith needs to save us. No. Or what was the one with Tom, Tom Cruise? I like that one. That fucking eyeball that came around the corners and looking, at, look, looking for things. Oh. Yeah, that one freaked me out. <laughs> nah, they're going to be pe- peaceful. Yeah. There's probably bad ones out there, but I think the big ones are the peace, peaceful ones. Hopefully. They, they control it. Hopefully. Yeah, I saw them. They're, they're, they're going to be like, we've been making all this shit happen. 
We 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 put this shithead orange guy in the fucking white. He's house actually one of us area. from the Nebulon region of Sector Eight. Now they just put him there. <laughs> but I always love when you hear you know the stories of like the you know like on coast to coast or some of those where they're like aliens have been here. They're in our there's other dimensional beings in our government already. All Lizard these things. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so weird. Yeah, uh, you know, I I don't really spend too much time thinking, pondering if that's true or not, but love hearing it. Yeah. You know? It's 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 fun to think think about yeah. for sure. Yeah. So one one thing I want to talk about today was uh another thing I wanted to talk about today was uh one of my New Year's resolution type things, something I'm really gonna work on and study for, for this year. Study in the sense of studying yourself is and it's something I think we need more as a society before we let ourselves get to a point of depression or we let ourselves get to a point of suicide or alcoholism or drug addiction or whatever is, you know, because I've been reading the, uh, the, the Dhammapada a lot. Mm-hmm. There's people looking live. It's right here. But you probably can't see it. It's the original uh, writings of Buddha. And the book, I believe, dates the original one. It's been rewritten to fit our time because you know things were a little different back then 300 bc but basically the whole basis of the book is how to control your thoughts mm-hmm. it doesn't talk about uh where you know you, you need to worship this god to get here whatever it just basically talks about how our thoughts are really nothing but we make them everything yeah yeah and we can eat, we have a choice whether to let our thoughts, uh, to, to control our thoughts, or to let our thoughts control us. So once we, once we start to think about something, say, and, and they, they say that the worst thoughts come from lust and greed. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the greed I don't have a problem with. I've never really been a greedy person. But the lust and craving is mm-hmm. one that I have struggled with my entire life. Because you basically have these film reels in our head of experiences. And those could be really good experiences from a sexual experience, from a a good party experience, from a good work experience, what it was like when you had money and you don't have money anymore, what it was like when uh, you were with this old uh, boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse that they treated you this way and your new one doesn't treat you that way and how we start to build expectations off of our own thoughts Mm. so when when these when we let these thoughts manifest and become something that we think we deserve it turns into longing for something that is not really there Mm. because the thought isn't real the thought is just a thought and we can let it go and the thoughts also lead to assumptions, which mm. is the worst. So if I'm thinking about the fact that I, um, let's say that, let's, let's say like I know some pe- people, for, for example, that had great businesses a long time ago and they lost them and they can't like let that go. And how they think they still deserve this and they still deserve it. I deserve that like because they have this reel going through their head of all the things that they had, all the fun they were having, all the mm. thing, all the experiences that they were able to get because of what the money gave them. And now they're at this point in life where those experiences were taken away from them because the money is what 
provided it and they can't let go of that reel. And it's just a reel that we can move past because we can make new reels. And it doesn't have to manifest in our minds to the point where it's all we're thinking about. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people that are suffering right now with anxiety is that they're, they have this reel going through their mind of what was or what, even what could be. And that is where you start to let the thoughts of lust and craving start to control your entire being. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, as you're talking about that, I was just thinking how prevalent that is in my life. You know, those times where, you know, whether yeah, it's, it's something you were thinking that a previous person you were with would do and you really like that and somebody else isn't doing that and you wish they were or vice versa and something that another person you were with did that you hated and you're expecting that other person's going to do the same thing. You know, these expectations, these assumptions instead of taking everything as this new experience that is good in its own unique way and because it's good because it's just, it's different. Yeah. Never anything's going to be the same and I think our clinging to nostalgia a lot of times as humans is such a detriment yeah. to our happiness and well-being as opposed to taking everything as just experiences and every experience is going to be different. Yeah, and just let, letting it go. And that's where a lot of people have these tra traumatic experiences. It's hard to let those go. It's also hard for people to let the really good experiences go. You know, I, I based a lot of my relationships or girls I was looking for back in the day and, you know, sexual experiences based off the things I did in my early 20s, which were wild. Yeah. It was like it was, was not, not a sustainable lifestyle. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, and I think a lot of times that's what's, that's what's happening to a lot of kids right now that are watching porn every day. Yeah. You know, they, they're looking at their favorite porn stars and they're thinking about, you know, the girl that, that they're, they're with and they're, I mean, I don't know because I'm not them, but I could, I, I could just see that because, like, I've heard that it's a huge problem. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of, actually, just listening to a podcast uh, with, uh, like, sex coach Jaya, who I, I really respect, like, her work when it comes to, like, studying somatic sexuality. And the, the danger is porn isn't inherently bad. Ethical porn especially is not necessarily bad, but it's the fixation and an addiction to it because of what it does is, especially for, for men, it just it releases so much, um, is it dopamine? into your system where yeah. then all of a sudden there's a crash when it's not there. And that's like the same kind of feeling of like, why, well, you know, you always hear of like men just turn out if you ejaculate, you just turn over and fall asleep or you don't want to talk to the, the person yeah. you slept with again. And it's that same kind of thing, but it's like putting your body into this constant state of like being used to that and craving that fixation because of that visual stimulation that's causing this dopamine spike that you're not getting that same type from, an interaction then with your partner, whoever you know you're having a sexual encounter with, or yourself without having that screen in front of you, and then it be, turn it can turn into like desensitizing actually like your sexual experience mm -hmm. and what you're actually feeling because it just becomes this visual dopamine like injection. Yeah, for sure. And the you know in that same vein is cra craving with food, food, drugs, alcohol. Mm -hmm. That's that's an another one that's that's the same thing it's like especially with that do dopamine release 
you know you're going to get that again. So that's when you start. That's when the that's when the physical form of the addiction starts to come in. Yeah. But that's my that's where I feel like that's the the rest of my life is mastering those, mastering mm. my thoughts, mastering mm. what I think about, because when your thoughts turn into words, they turn into actions, they can turn into pain. Mm-hmm. And it might not even be your own pain. It might be someone else's pain. But the fact that you don't have to say it, you don't have to act on it, you don't have to. You just don't. You can control that. And that's self-mastery yeah. as yeah. a human. Yeah, that's something I've been pondering is uh, my girlfriend's really into tarot. So we did like a New Year's spread or read or however it's called. And the things that came up for me seemed very prevalent. But the, one of the things that was going to be my difficulty and thing that I need to work on this year is compassion. Because mm. what I realized is I, I push myself really hard. And I tend to get frustrated at people who I feel aren't pushing themselves as, as hard. hard. But I'm taking that from the experience that people have the same experience of reality that I am. Does that remind you of someone you know? <laughs> My dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I mean, and the hard thing is, it's like, you know, you know, you come at it from a place of like, it's because you want them to do well, but you're coming at it from the assumption that they're viewing life the same way you are, and no one does. Uh-huh. So it's having for com- compassion for just people and wherever they're at because their reality is different than your reality. So if you're getting frustrated that somebody isn't doing something to your expectations, your speed, your whatever, you have to have compassion of where they're at and not get frustrated because what you're doing is getting frustrated yourself because you're viewing it as like, well, I would do it this way. And then sometimes it's like, well, would you? Even then, you know, would you make sure that you got up and did this in the speedy, speedy fashion? I know. I have to watch that with with Kat. I, you know, expect her to be on things as quickly as as me, and I and I can't. And that's she's on her own frequency, and and I'm on mine. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just we're just di- different people. We're we have we love each other, but it's, it's death. But it's like we're just at the end of the day, we're still different people. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I. A lot of times, find myself like, like, come on, like that, that, that. like even when I'm doing that, it's like oh, I gotta stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe this is something in us that's like that. Like, I'm trying to function at this level, and everyone else should too. Or it's that's frustrating. A, that's an interesting form of com- compassion. Yeah, because you think of compassion, and you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know self-quarantine so I don't get other people sick because I, w- I want to be compassionate towards people that can get sick and die. Or I want to, you know, see this person's pain because whatever. And that, you know, I, I've gotten really good at just being able to look at someone and just knowing that there's some pain there that, I've ne- that they've never, that they're never going to talk about. And when, when, especially when people are getting upset or when people just, when I see people just going after more and more and more and more, and they're just like, I need more, I need more, I need more. It's like, whoa, what are you, what are you running from? Mm-hmm. What, why do you need so much? What's, 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 what's the deal? And I saw so much of that in myself when I was partying a bunch. It was mm-hmm. just, I needed more. I can go for longer than anybody. And I, was, I need more, 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 more. And it was like, I didn't see it as anything different or as anything wrong. I, I just liked how it felt. Yeah. And, but, subconsciously there's something there that I couldn't just go to bed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I think the hard part for me is 
the way I, I'll, I'll view situations like that is like, it's easier for me to view like, oh man, they're like going through something. Maybe I can help because I'm like a fixer mentality. So it's like, they're acting that way because they're hurt, because they're going through something, because they're, you know, and so I need to be compassionate for them because they're hurting. But the, to me, it's the harder compassion, the deeper compassion to have is they're perfectly fine. They're just reality is different than mine. Yep. That's the harder one for me because of my fixer mentality is approaching it like they're absolutely perfect as they are in this moment. And my frustration is coming from me trying, expecting that they're viewing reality the same way I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, re- the reality is, is a funny one. I, I talked about this before. My, my mom had her trauma, you know, she was uh, molested by her grandfather for years and years and years. And my, my dad, my real dad, they divorced when I was four years old. He never knew. She never, yeah. she never told him. So if you can be married to someone and not tell them something so major like that, you know, you, we don't know what anyone's going through. You know what I always say? When some guy like cuts me off or honks at me and flips me off, like, fuck you. And I'm just like, <laughs> fuck. Like, <laughs> like that guy. I always think like the first thing I think, well, maybe that guy just found out that his wife is fucking his brother. Yeah. You don't know what somebody's going through. You don't know. You don't know. It could be anything. And the minute that I think think that, I'm like, oh, that's... Right. Go for it, dude. I want to give you a hug. Yeah, you know, respect. Love you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love you, man. I hope you get through it. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, you can't get mad at someone that just flies off at you like that because there's something going on in them that's just torturing them that they can't get through, and we don't know what it is. Yeah, it could yeah. be anything. Well, again, I think it's if if you are having such a a strong emotional reaction to someone getting angry at you is because you're believing the reason why they're angry at you about yourself. Yes, and then that's another part of going back to the thoughts is believing that someone else's problem is your problem. Mm-hmm. Believing that they're angry at you is actually you, mm-hmm. and it's not. Mm-hmm. You got to let those thoughts go. Yeah, you know, it's been a tough one for me. Like, again, it's, it's like you always feel like you're, you're good, you're grounded until you develop some new form of, of intimacy, whether that's like relationship, business, whatever, where all of a sudden all these soft spots co- start coming up where it's like if my, if my partner isn't into doing something or does something that like is, isn't her directly like saying anything about me, but again, it's like something that I was like searching for that reaffirmation and it's not there, then it's like I, the, like sm- the hurt ego in me automatically assumes that of myself. Like, and they must not be attracted to me anymore because they weren't really into like making out right now or whatever, you know, so they must, they must be into someone else or, you know, all these like things you can start playing in your head because all of a sudden the soft spot that this person, and you have to have gratitude because this person's bringing it up and unknowingly there's being like a wonderful mirror for you to be like, (laughs) I was joking with with my partner because I was saying, man, I was like getting really worked up today. And you're just like literally just like a meme where it's just like, they're just like being and it's like, you know, it's like no one. And then like the next thing is like some crazy thing where it's like she's just sitting there being and then I'm just like, well, I guess you're just going to be like whatever, you know, because my hurt ego over something that I was looking for reaffirmation didn't happen. And like a child, I have like a tantrum over not getting my way because of this like hurt part in me that was looking for something or then starts assuming this part of me must not be worthy or must not be up to par, whatever the story is in my head. 
but the only reason it's there in the first place is because I somewhere in me I believe it about myself. Yeah. So there's the work. Then there's my homework. You know. Yeah, I I destroyed a bunch of you know beginnings of relationships that could have been great with women when I was younger because I didn't believe I was good enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I believe like oh the last guy that she dated had money more money than me or he was way better looking than me or she's too hot for me or did all these things would just go through my head and I would I would grenade myself before it even happened yeah and I, and I would just con- I would destroy myself and like walk walk away from it where half the time they were probably like where what happened to him and you know just uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. it's like might as well just get out of here before they they know that I'm you know like the gigs up the yeah, gigs up, up you know? yeah I, I was I'm joking a, with I'm my, a fraud I'm a fraud I was joking <laughs> with, my, with my girlfriend about that same thing of like when we first started dating there was definitely a part of me that was kind of like waiting for someone to find out, like, someone like me shouldn't be in this scenario. Like, with a beautiful woman in a nice part of San Francisco, they're like, they're going to know it's like this kid from the country that grew up without a lot of money and is like a struggling musician. Like, they're going to know. Someone's going to find out, and they're going to be like, dude, you're caught. Get out of here. You know? (laughs) Something where it's interesting how much we can allow ourselves to self-sabotage due to our own assumptions assumptions and insecurities. Yep, yep. Well, we, we, we build assumptions off of our insecurities. Mm-hmm. We, we don't, that's why so many people never start a business. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't, or they're afraid to in, invest in something. You know, yeah. They're just like, well, I'm just going to play it, play it safe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be safe. This, this is what's good. And that's fine. But it's, you're going to get to a point where there's, you're, you're not living life anymore. You, know, you, you can, you can, you're, insecurities can hold hold you back from fulfilling the things that you're really supposed to be doing. Yeah. And, and man, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful now to be in such a different position than I was when I was younger of, you know, I was, I was talking to my friend the other day of, you know, I've, I've been feeling this call of like, you know what, I want to move <clears throat> my studio and the Blue Moon House. We want to relocate to San Francisco. We're just feeling called there. Just, by all logistic means, a really stupid move because freaking it's just expensive there. You know, and my friend was telling me the other day because he's like, he's like thinking about the money. He's like, dude, you get like a, sh- you know, like a closet to live in for like the cost of a one bedroom here and this and that. He's like, he's like, how do you know it's going to work? I'm like, I just know it's going to work. He's like, well, how do you have that like just surety about it? I'm like, I just don't give myself another option. I'm like, I just know that it's going to work. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Well, you're going to make it work. Yeah. And therefore I'm going to make it work. You know, you're going to make it work. That's where I've always been too. My, they, I, when I started this, this, my, my company, I just finished listening to the book, the, the 50th law mm-hmm. with 50 cent and, uh, Robert Greene, it, it, Robert Greene wrote the 48 laws of power. Uh, that's a good book. It's good. I, I like that book cause it can really help you what kind of to watch out for personalities, I guess, mm-hmm. um, within business and just different, mostly business. But uh, the 50th law he wrote with 50 Cent, and it was about the struggles in the mu- music business and how the, the power struggles and the games and, and the, the intentional beefs that, that he started to, to get himself noticed. Like, he's still a master. Mm-hmm. 50 Cent, remember when the, the, right before the election, Trump posted him? Yeah. yeah. Like he is the master at keeping himself relevant to yeah. some point, no matter what it is. No, you don't have to like what he did, or you can yeah. love what he did. Whatever he did it, yeah. 
and that's what he's done since the beginning. He's done things. He started to beef with like Ja Rule and all, all these other guys that were bigger than him, and, and it just kept elevating him, kept elevating him, kept yeah. keeping him re- relevant. And uh, <clears throat> but he said something very fascinating in that book. He said, "Once you overcome the fear of death, what the fuck are you afraid of?" Yeah. And I was just like, "Wow!" It was, it was like 2012, and I was like, "I don't have any kids." I don't have a lot to lose if I, you know, if I have to sleep on the streets, I can go to my dad's, I guess, and I mean, I won't, but I even have friends, I can figure it out. And then I was like, am I going to die if I do this? No. So I just did it. You know, I had a friend that worked at at a bigger store and he... Didn't even end up buying anything from me. He said he would, but it got me the catalyst to like get it going. Yeah. And I didn't have any, I didn't have any money. I just figured it out, borrowed and got some people to give give me some money up front and made made some things happen and just did it. And it was like I just knew that I was going to make it happen. I had no plan B. I've never had a plan B. If you have a plan B, fucking go <laughs> go get a job. If you have a plan B, go do your plan B. Go do the plan B. Go, I, go do the plan B. That was my Seriously. thing in, in high school. The you know, I get called into the the counselor's office my senior That's year. That's the stupidest thing. They'd be like, "What do you want to do? I'm gonna play music." Well, like, you should. Are you gonna go to college? No. Like, well, what's? <laughs> well, you should like, you know, what? get your four year degree so that we have something to fall back on. I was like, no, I'm not gonna have anything to fall back on because I'll fall back on it. Yeah. Totally. I mean, what's it's that I never understood that. Ever. Yeah, well, the have a fallback plan. You're gonna fall back on the fallback plan as soon as things get tough. Yeah. You know, there, I just I don't believe. It. I really I remember when I was a kid. I think I've shared this before, but uh, I read an interview with Travis Barker, and he said one of the reasons that he got so many tattoos is so he couldn't get a job doing anything else besides music. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember getting my first forearm t- tattoo. It was when I was about 24, and I knew I was going to stay in the clothing business. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I'm like, this is it. There are many times I had wished that I stayed with the fi- fire department. Mm-hmm. When I was younger because I worked for the fire department for a little bit. But uh, I was like, because shit just got bad or lost the company or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. And plus, I'd be retired by now pretty much. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have f- fulfilled anything yeah. for me. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't have been such a fun Again, ride. What are you going to do if you knew you were f- going to fail? Yeah. You know? Totally. Because you almost had that, like, fuck you option. Like, it's, fuck you, I'm not going to fail. <laughs> the, the best way to, to live is just knowing you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. Like, any day. Yeah. And that's it. And, and if you just kind of hold that close to you and just keep going every single day, like, well, this might be the last day. Like, I can't treat people like shit. I got to make sure I let the people around me know that I love them. Yeah. I, I got to call people. I have, I have a thing now, which I'm going to keep doing this, this year. I'm just going to keep doing it. So all my friends out there listening, uh, if I think of someone in my head, I'm picking up the phone and calling them. I was just having that thought. One of my mom's really close just friends call them. I haven't talked to in years, and I thought about her on the way down here. And you know, I think I'm going to call her when we, when, when we leave today. If they enter your mind, call mm-hmm. them. Because th- there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. I believe like we're all connected. Mm-hmm. And if I think about someone, there could be something going on in that person's life. They might, have, they might need to, to hear from you. Or you just say hi. You'd be surprised how many people that I've called and they're like, so what's up? Yeah. I'm like, nice, call and say hi, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, right, right cool. on. Right or on. Cool. I, the amount of people I've called and they're like, oh, so weird. I was just thinking about you. Well, also, too, there's, there's, a, there's a vibe that when you're busy, 
people don't want to bother you. I think I put that vibe out a lot. And then I get hurt like, no one calls me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, it's, seriously. Like, oh, so busy. Because we're all busy. Everybody's busy. Everyone's got these busy lives. But it's like, oh, well, I, Adam just had a kid. I see like he's doing a podcast now. He's got his business. He's got his licenses. He's doing this. And that, if I step away from my life and look at it, I look like I'm just, I don't have time for shit. Yeah. Unless a quick Instagram message or something, right? But I like talking to people. I'd rather talk to people. It's yeah. so much better. Yeah. It's so much better. And if I don't have time, if someone calls me and I don't have time, I call them back. I don't listen to vo- voicemails. I have like a hundred. Yeah, I don't text I have 100, back. I call back. I have a hundred and like thirty voicemails on my phone. Really? Right I have I'm, I have like three hundred and some text messages that are unread, but all I, my voicemails I, are good. I can't do that with text. Text. I, I, I hate text so much. I'm so bad at texting. That's a lot of text you haven't checked. You sure there's not something in there? No, I, I feel like... Um, what if somebody died? No, I feel like... You're like, uh, you're like I don't check texts, bro. Sorry you died. Sorry about it. <laughs> um, 357, that's what I'm at now. Really? Yeah. Because I, I, I'll see him come up, and if it's like a, hey, what's up? Then I'll be like, oh, I'm going to text him back later. And then I don't. You're but if, if it's like a, hey, this needs done, I'm like, cool, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, if it's a... A quick pressing thing, but if it's a conversation, I usually will call somebody back. Yeah, I have messages that I don't check my voicemail, but if I see the missed call, I just call them back. Yeah, but yeah, I I think when someone pops up in your head, I th- I think it's important to to act on it. Yeah, because that person because there's there's a reason. I really believe we're we're all connected, and that happens for a reason. Call them, and if it's kind of like when certain things pop up in your head, like. Like I just had, I've had a couple things pop up in my head just during this podcast that I want to go and fix Mm -hmm. in my life. (laughs) It always happens when we do this. I leave here wanting to like fix myself. Uh That's why we do this, right? It's It's actually just therapy for a therapy session (laughs) that we record. Yeah, right. It it, it really is. I always leave here feeling so good. Yeah, the the same when we did that, uh, we just did that festival. And I was in a really funked, in a funk during that was like during that you know week between Christmas and the New Year or whatever I was in some weird funk and then coming out of that I was like oh that's right like everything's okay you know I don't know I just like processing in that kind of way it's very therapeutic yeah we we did an episode uh, with this festival called this new new festival in Oklahoma called Lost but Found and it's it's coming out uh, after this episode so it'll be out next week uh, it's good we talk a lot about accountability. How to how to uh, hold hold yourself accountable in a re- relationship? So, but uh, yeah, we're looking forward. We we got invited to speak at at a festival and do some live speakings at a festival in in the spring. Is it April? I think so. Yeah, mid April. Mid mid April in near o- Oklahoma City. So that should be fun. Yeah, Chat. I'm looking forward. I'm to so it. looking forward to get back to a festival. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to yeah, uh, and then I have a lot of musician friends that got asked to be out there so it looks like we'll probably do some sets together and stuff and it's gonna be good I'm, I'm should we sure. drop a little bit of acid before we speak <laughs> i kind of want to the whole, the whole time i'm just looking at everyone like <laughs> just, just you a little just bit. you wouldn't get it <laughs> and it's just, just like i i can't fully explain what what i'm thinking so i'll check in with y'all later and just leave i'll just be telling jokes <laughs> just trying to make people laugh so something i wanted to ask you because i've been asking people that, you know, I've seen right before the new year or right after is, you know, you heard so much shit being talked on 2020 because 2020 was a rough year, a hard year for a lot of people. And they're like, oh, fuck 2020, fuck 2020. It's actually personally very grateful for a lot of aspects of 2020. 
What is something that came up in 2020 that you're grateful for? This? Yeah. Number one, mm-hmm. this, this podcast. Uh, you. Mm-hmm. My, my family. Kat and Sebi. But it's like, I think one of the things that I've learned the most from it is just a reiteration of how important health is. Mm. Um, a uh, really have learned that there's a lot of people out there living in a, just a garbage of a mind that don't know what to do or where to go or what's going on or fuck you, fuck this, fuck that, fuck everything. And yeah. they're kind of just that a lot of people are in a lot of pain and we have to have com- com- compassion for that. So, you know, not trying to sound too, too like hippie or whatever, but really that we all just need to fucking love each other. It's, yeah. That's what it all comes down to because especially watching during the summer with the George Floyd thing, that was just so disheartening. I was watching the, the media rip this country in half. It's just like, fuck, watching, talk about greed, mm. you know, all for money, for profit. Yeah. That's for money. All those fucking bait headlines and the fucking racism and racism, racist, you're racist, these people are racist, you should be fucking, you should be, you white privilege and you fucking this and you should be ashamed that, that you're white, basically. Fuck that, man. It's fucked up. Like, yeah, there's some racist people, but... I know shit tons of white people that aren't racist, you know? I know a couple old school people that kind of are still, you mm. know? And that's not fucking cool, but you can't just like, you know, it's like, where's the unity? You know, I want to see more unity. I want to I wanna hang around people that want unity, that aren't, I want to see our race removed from our driver's license. Mm-hmm. I want to see our race removed from fucking bank statements. And, and, and home applications. Remove the race from everything. If you really want to get rid of racism, you really want to fucking get rid of this systemic racism, we just hired a systemic, or we just elected a systemic racist president, so probably not going away anytime soon. But where are we going to start to draw the line and really make change? Everyone says, oh, we want change, we want change, until the smoke clears and it's kind of like, oh, everything just goes kind of back to where it, where, where it was. What, are, what is this guy really going to do with the cops? What is this guy really going to do to go back on the systemic racism laws that he put in place? How's he going to make up for it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how, how can we begin to, as people, start to change ourselves? Because we can't change anyone. And it's just everyone just has to keep preaching that same fucking thing. You're not going to change one person. Not mm-hmm. one People change when they want to change. And if mm-hmm. you don't want to change, you don't want the world to change. Mm-hmm. Period. It's, it's the only thing that needs to be said from here on out. If you want to change the world, change yourself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's it. And the, and the more you radiate this vibe and the more you radiate love in the form of I'm going to change myself and I'm going to do whatever it takes to be that person that I want to see in the world, then that's when the whole world changes and people don't grasp it. But it's like, fuck, man, I'm so sick of hearing about this, like, use this, these politicians and this, this, these media using race baiting, dude. It's fucking, just, it sickens me. 
I'm glad I finally was able with the new I, iPhone app, I was finally able to take the news widget off my phone mm. because it was always on the far left, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, you know, it's just, it's just you, people are starting to wake up like, hey, they're using the race against you. Like, yeah, there are some racist shitheads out there. On Every race has racist people. There's a lot of races that are racist against their own people. Like, northern Mexicans don't like southern Mexicans. Northern Vietnamese people don't like southern Vietnamese people. Northern and South Korean people don't like each other. It's just the way it's been forever. And, and, and it's not... And people stick with their tribe. It's been that way forever. But if we really want to beat it as a country, the driver licenses, the banking, those things need to fucking go. A cop should not be able to follow someone in their car and know that it's a black man or a white man. Yeah. That's, well, that's bullshit. The systemic, and that's what we're talking about, systemic that's nature systemic. of things. And that's, you know, I think that's, again, we've talked about before, but one of the hardest parts of all of it is like the systemic nature of it runs so deep and I don't think you're going to necessarily end racism because there's no way you can look at someone else and you know they could be the same race as you and look different and not have a pre like a judgment about them at all. It's how can you actively be anti-racist? How can you yourself yeah, be anti-racist? Absolutely. You know, don't if, don't allow it. Yeah. Go, I, I oh no, no, I mean yeah, that's, it was just saying that of just like you want to end racism, how can you yourself become less racist? Not how can you yell at everybody to s- stop being racist, be, the, be that example you want to put out in the world, help organizations that you ca- believe in. You know, it, again, it just, I feel like it's like beating the, the nail, you know, just being a, a record on repeat with a lot of that, but it, is, it starts with you. I've been talking a little bit lately also about, about wealth and I'd like to talk more about that. I think we should do a whole ep- episode on that. But the connection between spirituality and, and wealth and how I believe that it, it is okay to make money. And I think a lot of these things like Buddhists believe that it's possessions bring you down. You know? and, and I believe that if you're buying things for the wrong reasons, it's going to weigh you down. If you're buying something to make you look good, it's going to weigh, weigh you down. If you're buying something to work for you, that's a positive. So like I'm building my wealth so I so my children don't have to see a pregnant woman shot in the belly across the street from, from their house. You know, I don't want him to have to see gang fights. I don't want him to have to grow up with a fucking meth lab blowing up down the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not it's not how I want my son to grow up and it's not how I want his children to grow up. Yeah. So for me that's where wealth is important. That's where I want to be able to leave, leave for leave for for my son's generations after him, mm-hmm. and I and I think there's a misconception there where people get into spirituality and like, oh, I gotta give up all my possessions and I'm gonna get a smart car and probably live in the jungle and fucking just sell everything and fuck, uh, I, I I did ayahuasca and I fucking drained my bank account, gave it away to charity, and I'm not supposed to have anything. Okay, no. There's a thing of spiritual bypassing that takes you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the right term for what you're talking about, but there's the like the concept of giving everything away is, be, is to me is like because you just sort of like I don't need this anymore. Not that it's something that you do so you can talk about it, mm-hmm. you know. And what I'm hearing you talk about how I've really tr- you know tried to heal my relationship with 
with money and being somebody who just was like, fuck this, like fuck this whole system that tells us need money is doing it as a commodity. You know, you're, you're, it'd be the same thing of like, you want, you w- want to sow a land that reaps bountiful harvest for your future generations, you know? So there's not an attachment to the money, but using money as a, as a resource. Cause right now it's like, that's our commodity. Now we don't have like land to trade necessarily like, you know, back in the day or something. Remember the movie a- Aviator with, with oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Leon- Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio? Hughes. Yeah. Remember when he goes to to her to her par- parents' house and they're the um, she's like a famous a- actress. They're all well-to-do, wealthy pe- people. And he's talking about. He's like, well, he's like, I got this new tool. Co- I got the tool company, but I got this new, you know, movie coming out. Da da da. And and he starts talking about his business because he's he's proud of it. And she goes, oh, now now Howard, we don't talk about money at the table. And he goes, she goes, money's not not important here. And he goes, that's because you've always had it. And she's mm-hmm. like, what? And everybody kind of stops. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, money's not important to you because you've always had it. And, and I, that always kind of stuck with me, like these people that are like, oh, whatever. They're, they're not, the, the $600, that should be enough for them. And da, 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 this elitist fucking attitude where they've never had to struggle. If you've never had to struggle, you don't know how to struggle. You don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like to, to have to fucking to have to survive off almost nothing. Yeah. And, and, and that's what these, a lot of people are doing right now. And it's going to get worse this year. It's going to get fucking worse. The evictions just started. Things are going to close down. Who knows what the stock market's going to do. And we have to embrace ourselves with this. And we have to be able to hold compassion for people and do our bit to help, help out if we can. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to work on some some things for for the Cook Collective Apparel line where we can give give back to to certain causes and stuff and do what we can. But you know, we're a small brand, not going to make that big big of a difference. But I think spreading this message of we can do better, we can be better. I think that's the most important thing that we can spread is we can fucking change the world by changing ourselves. Mm-hmm. The 2021. That's it. That's the mantra. Change yourself. Change yourself. If you don't like what you see in the world, it's because you don't like what you see in yourself. It's a reflection. Like looking into the lake, like Narcissa. Was was that his name? The story behind the the, the narcissist. I never heard it. You never heard that? No. So where the word narcissist came from was there was a, I believe it it was a prince or something, and his name was Narsa. I believe it was Narsa. And he used to go down to, to the lake and he used to look at himself in the lake and he would look over and he would, you know, stare, stare into to the lake at, at himself and then he fell in the lake and he drowned and died. Hmm. <laughs> he was so consumed with himself that he died. Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. And unfortunately, you still see that happen a lot of, you know, not that people are staring at themselves and dying, but so consumed with yourself that... Oh, there's a lot of selfies in the world right now. I think I think there's hey, a lot. Hey, don't lie. Okay, are you somebody when you're on Zoom that you end up looking at yourself a lot? Oh yeah. I I totally am. I'm like I I don't mean to do it. I I just catch myself. I'm just like staring at it. I realize I'm looking at myself because I also think there's a fascination with like seeing yourself because you don't see yourself you, talk. No. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't so. see my facial expressions and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So good. It's been a. I think it's been a good year. And I feel compassion for a lot of people out there that are, 
suffering and they're going in, we're going into some, you know, pretty uh, uncertain times, but this is the time to, to, to strike. There's some good investments out there right now. There's some really cheap cryptocurrencies right now still. yourself. Is it not a good thing to invest in? There's, yeah, yourself. But if you're looking financial, there are some good opportunities out out there. So, and yourself, health, everything else. I mean, there's there's a there's a ton of ways to look towards the the future as as it being being bright. And you know, we can start to learn learn a new trade or whatever it is. But keep it going. Don't give up because you only quit when you fail, or you only fail when you quit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't quit when you fail. Yeah, don't, quit. <laughs> don't quit when you fail. You only fail when you quit. So cool, oh, nice, man. It's good to catch up with you after the the holidays. Yeah, it was. That was a that was a long one. Yeah. So, hope everybody out there enjoyed it, and uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. All right, guys. Okay, bye.